Hey, Mikey. Hey, Gracie. What's the story? Glory holy. What's the word? Yeah, big turd. <laughs> did, did you hear about Chloe and Kim? <laughs> did I get it right? <laughs> we wanted to make that sound like it was in the spur of the moment. It is very <laughs> apparent. We just wrote that and tried to rehearse it and tried to remember what the lyrics were. <laughs> but it's, it's perfect. I think Charles Strauss would be very proud. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He would be tipping his hat to us right now. <laughs> glory holy. Yeah, glory holy. <laughs> I have never seen an episode of any Kardashian. I saw a little bit at the very beginning of the craze and I could see why they were entertaining, mm -hmm. but it just, it's a lot of nothing. You know what I mean? A lot of no I mean, when you have Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie, mm. simple. Why do you even need the Kardashian? That's gold. That show is gold. In a way, they're carrying on that tradition of trash reality TV where nothing happens. But mm -hmm. I don't know. For me, Simple Life, like really, really early uh, dating ones, like um, I Love New York. Give me Flavor Flav. Oh, it was so good. Did you watch, what's the one with Monique it was like a school for girls to like give them like charm school I've never watched that but I know I know what you're talking about it's so fucking funny <laughs> wait did you ever see the clip I have never watched an episode of the show I've only for some reason this gets recommended to me on on TikTok all the time but it's like the British big brother and Tiffany I love New York is on it and then the woman says that David died and she thinks they're talking about David who's in the house she's talking about her ex-husband David and Tiffany starts freaking out because she thinks the man is <laughs> like dead and she's like, in the house they're like David's dead everyone's like watching them and David's just like sleeping he's like what the fuck can you imagine waking up from a nap and someone saying you're dead to you <laughs> Right. Oh my God. <laughs> I am also in the middle of a rewatch of Laguna Beach. Oh my God. Because I've been listening to there's a, the new podcast came out with Kristen and Steven, like all these years later, doing the rewatch. And they have Lauren Conrad come on. Like everyone from the show comes on for an episode and like does interviews. It is unbelievable how good that show is. Like, oh yeah. I watched The Hills, but Hills is very apparent that. It was scripted and they were just making storylines up. But like these first early seasons, especially the first season of Laguna, it's really like them just fucking with these kids' lives. Not writing the scenes, but making, like tricking them, like saying, hey, come to this place to meet. And then someone else would be there. Oof. Those producers are evil. Evil. The best part of that early first season, I think it was, is the girl who's the the daughter of like the mega church pastor. And Christina. she and she has a Broadway career. So they take her to audition for like Telsey or like some big casting office. And she sings only hope from a walk to remember. Uh-huh. They kind of <laughs> fucked her over with that. Like I forget the story because I'm on season two, it was a little while ago. But like they like set her up for failure like if they wanted that storyline so the, i think they like they made they told her what to sing they made her sing that song that's funny uh-huh and listen you found that out from the pod uh-huh she comes on and they talk about it how embarrassed she was i don't feel bad for her though her parents do not pay taxes on that fucking mag mega church i should have called it a mega church actually that was correct like do you know what i mean ragging christina from laguna beach Sorry. we'd love to have you on the podcast though we'd love to have you on the podcast yeah i'd love to <laughs> disrespect your parents to you <laughs> <laughs> it's gold like it's so awkward and and the casting director giving that like commentary back is just like brilliant we should cover that <laughs> that counts as a musical episode i think so <laughs> oh wow okay so here we are covering the abc tv movie of bye bye birdie this was like an early take at what they're doing now with all these live versions of musicals on tv yeah um have you had you seen it before I remember bits and pieces from when I was a kid, but I hadn't seen it and totally forgot about it. What about you? I actually, after viewing it, remember that this was my first step into my Bye Bye Birdie journey. Oh. this is the, I saw this on TV first. I remember my mom was like, oh, there's a movie that's better. Good. Because <laughs> I think the original movie is perfection. It is. I think it's fucking Anne Margaret. Oh. I got a lot of living to do. I'm going to get into this. I'm jumping ahead a little bit. But my biggest critique is that there was no fucking dancing. Oh, yeah. I could do all the dancing. I'm 38. I'm very tired. And I'm a mover. <laughs> I shouldn't be able to do the dancing that these kids were doing in this Bye Bye Birdie. I couldn't believe it. Well, and it felt like there were so few moments where there even was choreo. And it was such a waste of the brilliance of Anne ranking choreography. Right. What the fuck? To have her and to just kind of have it interspersed randomly. Missed opportunity. I had 
not seen this since I caught it on TV, so I didn't remember it too much, but I love Bye Bye Birdie, and I love Vanessa Williams. She can do no wrong. I saw her as the witch in Into the Woods. People talked about her. I thought she was wonderful as the witch. She looked so fucking beautiful when she turned into the witch, into the pretty witch. <laughs> I used to watch an ugly Betty. I used to watch her on Desperate Housewives. I used to watch her in a movie called Eraser with Arnold Schwarzenegger. It was incredible. I had her CD, the best, the best hits of Vanessa Williams, Color of the Wind. Could do no wrong. Oh, I so agree. And for me, she's a real Broadway baby. She's not a film and TV actress that does Broadway sometimes. I just think she's so fucking good at everything. She is all of these things. She also did Kiss of the Spider Woman. Kiss of the Spider Woman. Like, come on. That's a great vehicle for her. Also, this is a Cheetah Rivera role. I guess they kind of see her as like a Cheetah Rivera type, which I see. I thought her casting in this was brilliant. I think she's fabulous. Also, I was trying to think of the Spanish actress who played Rosie in the original movie. I'm like, was it Cheetah Rivera? And I'm trying to think. And then I IMD beat it and it's Janet Lee, like from Psycho. She's definitely not Spanish, right? She's so waspy. It's not even funny. Right. If it's going to be a white woman, it has to be like a Spanish Mediterranean white woman. I don't think she is. No, I don't get that vibe at all. This gives you an opportunity to cast a Hispanic actress in a leading role. Why the fuck are you skewing it white when like all the other roles are probably going to be white because they're like these, you know, sliced bread kind of Corny Collins kids. You know what I mean? But also I'm thinking now because I haven't seen the original movie in a, in a pretty long time. Spanish Rose is not in the movie. Is it not? No. Oh, interesting. I don't think, wait, let me, let I me double check I think it's in now. the musical originally. Oh yeah, it is definitely in the music. I've done the musical and I also saw Gina Gershon. I did too with John Stamos. Uh-huh. I loved it. I, I think Bobby Birdie is so cute. I think it's really underrated. You forget about it and then you watch it and listen to it and you're like, oh wow, every song is fun. Every song is great. The story is so fun because every character is a ridiculous, campy, theatrical freak. Even the smallest characters get these cool storylines where you're like, wow, Hugo is pretty depressed. Right. The dad, queen of the melodrama. Oh, in the original film, that's Paul Lind, isn't it? Uh-huh. Talk about stealing the fucking show. Yeah, Spanish Rose is not in the movie. Interesting. So I'm thinking, do they even do her being Spanish in the movie? Do they just cut that out? Or do they make it like that the mom thinks she's Spanish? I'm also like, why? Cast an actual Latina woman. Let's go. Yeah. I don't know if Vanessa Williams is Afro-Latina, but I will accept I Vanessa Williams because, yeah. come on. I can't say no to her. I can't, as much as I can't say no to her. I just don't need mo- another white lady. Do you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> it's enough. <laughs> I just think of her like blonde screaming in the shower in Psycho. Like she seems like a very, very much a white lady to me. Your ancestors are Anglo-Saxon. We don't need this. Right. Before we get into Bye Bye Birdie, I know I jumped ahead a little bit because I'm excited because I love Bye Bye Birdie. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought we could do a little, I have a little quiz to test your knowledge of birds. I fucking knew you were going to say something like that. (laughs) Just a quick 10 question quiz. Wonderful. (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) Okay. Question number one, Grace, what is the largest breed of penguin? Emperor, king, queen, or jack? Emperor. That is correct. Bitch, I know penguins. I've hung out in South America. I'm going to freak out. (laughs) What type of bird catches fish in its throat pouch? Ew. (laughs) (laughs) That's what they used to call me in high school. (laughs) Throat pouch? Um, (laughs) Heron, flamingo, kingfisher, or pelican? Pelican. Correct. What are baby swans called? Pups, calves, Signets or joeys? Signets. Correct. This is unbelievable. <laughs> Bird has a huge yellow bill. Puffin, toucan, heron, ibis. Am I saying those words right? I think the last one's ibis. I think ibis. Correct, Grace. Um, yes. Is that the answer? No, but that's oh. how you say it. <laughs> I was like, wait, I didn't answer that. (laughs) Okay, puffins have like a smaller orangey yellow. Toucans have like a long yellowy one. I guess let's go toucan then because it's asking for long. Has a huge yellow bill. Yeah, I'll go toucan. Correct. This is unbelievable. (laughs) What is the name of the journey made by many birds between their summer and winter homes? Malting, nesting, migration. Migration. Okay, that's halfway. Holy shit, everyone will. Which of these is not a flightless bird? Oh. Owl, Raya, Kiwi, or Penguin? There's photos. Do you want to see the photos? <laughs> yes. Well, owls can fly. Correct. Yes, owls. <laughs> Which bird lays the largest eggs? Hummingbird, emu, song thrush, or ostrich? Oh, it's either emu or ostrich. I guess emu. Okay, final answer? Yeah. Nope, it's ostrich. Fuck you, ostrich. Okay, which of these birds is not 
a bird of prey. Vulture, eagle, parrot, osprey. Parrot. Correct. Final two. Which of these body parts do birds not have? Oh. Spines, toes, clitoris. I'm just kidding. <laughs> brain. <laughs> Spines, toes, brains, or teeth? Teeth. Final answer? Yeah. Correct. Oh my God. What is the only type of bird that can fly backward? Oh. Eagle, ostrich, hummingbird, chicken. It seems pretty simple. Hummingbird. Correct. Well, Grace, you did get question number seven wrong. So you got nine out of 10. Wow. So you know birds. Thank you. Okay, great. Well, I feel comfortable talking about my birdie now with you. Because I'm a bird expert. What is that? An ornithologist? Uh, okay. <laughs> I could be wrong. That could be like a, a penis specialist. I, it's just what came to my brain. Honestly, you are very, very intelligent. Oh my God. You. I think it's because I've watched so much Jeopardy. So I just have dumb knowledge. <laughs> I love Jeopardy. Did you see Blossom walked off the set? No. Blossom. <laughs> I, what's, what's the real name? Mayim Bialik. Yeah, she walked off the set because of the writer's strike. Oh, of course. Oh, so I guess, yeah, that has to stop. So Ken Jennings is finishing. There's like one week left of new episodes, they said. So he's like finishing up the run and then who knows? Honestly, though, I love all the actors and hosts standing in solidarity. I don't know if we should address this weird Tony Awards issue because the Tony Awards are not going to be on TV this year because of the writer's strike. And then the Broadway League is seeking um, like a kind of special agreement for a Tony Award ceremony that will happen like online but stop it stop crossing a picket line like respect the writers yeah no I get it also like yes I totally agree with them and stand with them but like if they asked us to host Jeopardy or the Tonys like we'd have to be like fuck you right and do it like we can't like we don't know these writers like we don't even have writers on our podcast we are the writers we can be there maybe what the Tonys should do is just let everybody improv and we can all see how fucking busted it is and then we'd be like holy shit we need to pay writers more look how crazy these actors are they can't just be saying what they think Mm. or when all of these famous celebrities can't do anything without their writers they'll see that we don't need writers and and (gasps) we'll come up in the world (laughs) or there'll be a hit on our lives we're too talented (laughs) oh shit we're gonna be like this generation's diana i'm not even kidding i'm freaking out (laughs) this generation's diana is ice spice but i approve that message who's ice spice (gasps) oh my god i can't wait to show you ice spice i'm gonna send you all videos of her work is it like a new spice girl she's a new like rapper and she's honestly so freaking cute and spunky i just love her i'm gonna send you some videos you can't just pick a name like that like you're a spice girl well she has a song called princess diana and everyone (gasps) is like she's princess diana reincarnated but she's this like fabulous girl with like a orange row a la annie oh my god i take it back i love her she couldn't be cuter she's cute as a button and she's smart and fun everyone said she was a one-hit wonder but like she's so much more no she's just taking her time yeah you can't be more than a one-hit wonder when like your first hit just came out but now she has two two Mm. two for two yeah all right so back to bye bye birdie bye bye birdie like i said i love the first movie so i was really fucking excited for this i love vanessa williams and i was so surprised that um jason alexander and the guy from norm from cheers is mr peterson oh is um no he's norm peterson on cheers is mr mcafee McAfee. yeah yeah Tyne Daly is Jason Alexander's mom. Mark Kudish is Birdie. In theory, this should be wonderful with this cast. Kim is played by one of the Wilson sisters, a la Wilson Phillips. Shut up. I know, because I had to look her up because I was like, this woman is beautiful and talented, but why is she playing Kim? She looks way too old. She looks like a fabulous va-va-voom woman and she's like playing the teenager and it confuses me. So I had to look her up and I was like, oh. That's strange. I know, but that's why as well, I feel like this is a precursor to the live musicals, like this kind of insane stunt casting where like this person's very talented, but like, are they right for this? I mean, even the girl plays Ursula, which is usually a fun role, which they really toned down in this she's like barely a character i mean she looks she looks like the mother from the titanic That's so she funny. Looks, why is this 40 year old? Like it was very, I don't know what's going on. So in theory with this fucking incredible cast, this should have killed. I'm really sad about it. Cause I wanted to love this. And le- let me tell you something, these new fucking songs I added and we'll get into them when we get up to them and like w- where other songs were supposed to like, these new songs were not it. Yeah. The changing of the order. I think act two really suffered. I'm the only person in the world who loved Carly Rae Jepsen's added song in Greece live. <laughs> 
awful and didn't fit the time period, but I, it was so bad that I loved it. Yeah. Like th- these things weren't even so bad. They were funny. These were just like mediocre modern songs in this. It was, I, I was not. They were I boring. Not, boring. I can't even like remember what any of them were about. Yeah. And they're not hummable. Like if you introduce a new song, I better be like, oh, that slaps. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Can I say one more thing about these like live versions of shows? Yeah. We, well, I was watching this. I was like, why do I remember that J-Lo was supposed to play Rose? Because it was. She was. Basically, this is the reason we got Grinch live. Let me tell you all about it. October 2016 announced Jennifer Lopez would star in Bye Bye Birdie as Rose. It was initially announced to premiere in 2017, but then it was announced it would be pushed to 2018 to accommodate J-Lo's busy schedule. 2018, it was announced the production had been pushed back again, this time to 2019 at the earliest due to Lopez's busy schedule and producers focusing on Jesus Christ Superstar live in concert. NBC had in May 2018 announced plans to do a live production of Hair, but canceled it in the wake of the failure of Fox's Rent Live, as well as being up against the Game of Thrones season finale and American Idol season finale. So NBC replaced it with a more friendly family musical if they secured J-Lo's schedule to do. They wanted to replace Hair with Bye Bye Birdie. But then COVID happens. Bye Bye (gasps) Birdie Live gets canceled indefinitely and replaced by Dr. Seuss's The Grinch Musical Live. Wow. What a journey. What an awful end to an incredible journey. I wanted this to happen so badly. It would have been incredible. I would watch it in a heartbeat. I, I just love what these lives, like how ridiculously they cast it. So I just can't imagine like who else would be in it with her. You know, it would be batshit. It'd be like Army Hammer as Albert. He eats people, not anymore. <laughs> Back then it would have been like the last thing he did. Wait, did you watch a documentary about him? No, I still haven't. Is it good? It's no, it's on Discovery Plus. And is Discovery Plus the only app I don't have? If anyone listening would be willing to share the Discovery Password with me so I can watch this Army Have a Documentary, because I am curious. So, oh, I mean, I love the original movie when you have just the blue screen and just Anne in that yellow dress singing Bye Bye Birdie. Being gorgeous. Which is not in the original musical. They added it for the movie, but it's so iconic. It's so simple and so smart and she's so stunning. She just couldn't be cuter. And she in that film, I feel like is the perfect example of I'm not a girl yet, not a woman, which is what you need for Kim. She needs to be in that sweet spot in between. Yeah. She has the essence of that age, but she doesn't look that age where that sexual dancing and stuff is uncomfortable. No, it's like a little it's, She's kid. like perfect. Yeah. Bless. I love her. I love her. Did you ever watch Grumpy Old Men? Yes. Oh my God. How was she so oh. gorgeous in that? When she's in the fucking bathing suit rolling in the snow and they're watching her from the window. She's just like a forever pinup. Even the second one with Sophia Loren. Oh, really I like, fucking love that. Oh, fucking good. Walter Matthau looks like fucking shit. I love him, but he looks like a fucking <laughs> meat thrown together. And these women are like gorgeous. And they're throwing themselves at him. Rest in peace, Walter Matthau. I loved him. Jack Lemon remained handsome. He could get it. Yeah. Gorgeous till the end. In that time period, in that old man time period, he can get it. I totally understand. Uh-huh. I miss them. I miss them. We're kind of the new them. <laughs> Should we do a production of Grumpy Old Men? <laughs> I think there's a play and a musical. We could do both. Yeah. We should also do the odd couple. Right. Side show. <laughs> so it's just gr- these girls are losing their minds because Conrad's going to war. It's newspaper clippings. Conrad's going to war. Girls are screaming. Tons of screaming. I really love the opening. It was, it was, it was from scene one. I was already like, oh, I wish I was watching the other one. We get beautiful Vanessa Williams as Rosie. She's so over it. She wants Albert, who's Jason Alexander, to go to college and be an English teacher. She wants a quiet life with uh, an English teacher's wife. She was, and they're in the music business right now. Yeah. They're one producers what do they fuck are they i think he's a manager because he writes the song yeah it's confusing it's kind of like he's conrad's like whole team and the company he has is called al may lou for him (laughs) al his ma and then lou is the dog who died right and then they're very about this dog it's 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 a I guess it's a funny bit. (laughs) Albert has debts and that's why he's like, I can't get out of the business just yet. So then they're devising this whole plan because his star that he manages, Conrad Birdie, is going off to the army. He's been drafted. Honestly, poor Conrad Birdie. He gets the worst, worst scenario in this whole fucking show. He gets worshipped, but he never gets laid. He has to go to the army. He's just like an object. He doesn't even want to lay them because every teenage girl in this town is like 40 years old. (laughs) 
I was, I'll say pro, excited that they put English Teacher in there because I love that song. Those songs are not in the original movie. Mm -hmm. It's just in the musical. So I was excited to hear those songs put back in the production. So I was like, okay, I like where this is going. And they have great chemistry with Russell Williams and Jason Alexander. I like them. I don't know why it just does. I, I can't pinpoint why it doesn't hit, but because I like them. I think this seems cute. Jason Alexander, I do think, is at his sexiest in this. The problem is, for me, I think Dick Van Dyke is his sexiest in this. Oh. He's such a perfect Albert. Dick Van Dyke does those weird fucking, like, walks like the penguin. He's so, he's like Gumby. He's so <laughs> loose. And when he does those crazy dances and put on a happy face, it looks so natural on him. And with Jason Alexander, I love him, but it looks like he's trying to do Dick Van Dyke's movements and like he's trying to be loose like that where Dick Van Dyke that's just that's just him yeah I was very impressed with Jason Alexander's dancing his singing he's just an unbelievably talented person and we all know he's a phenomenal actor they understand the tone and I think good I think he's good but when you're going up against perfection you love Dick Van Dyke Listen, the only person who can get it faster than Jack Lemon is Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> <laughs> do you know he's going to do two days on a soap opera coming up? And he's like 97. Not General Hospital. I'm really sad about that. I forget which one it is. Yeah, that's one of the ones I don't watch. You got to start. See a man. The last thing I need is another television show. That's true. <laughs> Okay, so Rosie has this brilliant idea that Albert's going to write a song called One Last Kiss, and then they're going to pick a random fan, and Conrad is going to sing this song to her on the Ed Sullivan show and kiss her. And it's going to be a hit, and it's going to make them so much money, and then they'll be they pay their debts, and then that's it. They can go live a quiet life and get married. It's a weird plan, but it's a plan. I think it's very smart. Poor fucking Conrad, <laughs> once again, just being used. But the girl they pick, first we see her whole kind of community of birdie fanatics, they have a whole fan club together. And this is where we get the telephone hour. It's so fun, always, no matter what version of it it is. It's just such a fun, weird musical theater song that is so iconic. I wish it almost was like less in their real life. Some of it is them on the phone and some of them is them like dancing around a phone booth. But I love the very stylistic. And in the original, like they had them, the girls be with the phone cords wrapped around mm. weird position. Like one girl was on her stomach and like her legs had the cords wrapped around her legs. They were different shapes, very stylistic dances to this and like sharp movement. And the last end of the song is literally uh, just a phone booth, someone on the phone and then the boys and the girls on one side just bopping. It was like a high production. You have a bunch of kids who can't fucking dance like joseph you just put them around the narrator and have them bounce that's what it felt like i was like i can't think there no one's they're literally just crowded around this phone booth just sitting there for the climax of this song and in the the original movie it's it's i think goes like the pink background it's all like the different shots of them all over the place just like dancing it's like it gets bigger and bigger and this just never went anywhere if anything it went down and down I think using realism is never the choice in these types of musicals. I want it to be ridiculous. All these people are fucking ridiculous. Let me see it. Yeah, this is, I was really, I was like pumped for English teacher. And then we got to telephone hour and I was like so fucking excited. And I was like, oh man, they really dropped the fucking ball. And Harvey's cute. (laughs) Do you know what as well? This like realism thing works in certain movie musicals. Like I feel like it was something that came up when we talked about the Evita film. And with the Evita film, like you can understand it. It's more drama and it's based on an actual historical moment in a real way. I get basing it in a realistic setting and it's not a dance musical as much. And still we were itching for more choreo. But in this, it's like a parody of a real thing that happened. It's like a parody of Elvis going to war. Make it a parody. That being said, I loved every minute of this and it's just fun to revisit this music. Song after song, you're like, oh, I love this song until you get to the added ones. The songs are are killer. I fucking this music same okay so that's when we meet kim mcafee who is the chosen fan but the whole town's freaking out during telephone hour because she just got pinned by hugo peabody and they are now an item hugo's barely in this too i feel like he's barely a character yeah 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 till the end and then you're kind of like oh now we're getting to know you but it's the end yeah um and she sings how lovely to be a woman great song however yeah she is a woman so it just feels like a grown woman gorgeous getting changed and putting on hugo's boy clothes during it this is like a bomb Shell supermodel. I would see this woman in uh, the Victoria's Secret fashion show. She's not cute little Kim. 
pretending to be a woman. Ah, I'd hate to go back to it, but in the original movie, when Anne Margaret in that big overgrown sweater with the baseball cap, like it's so iconic. But then she gets the call that Conrad Birdie has selected her to be kissed before he goes to war. She freaks out. At first, she's like, oh, whatever. And then she realizes and she's like, mommy, Conrad Birdie's going to kiss me. The whole family is funny. The mom and the dad and the little brother. I love everything they're in. They were. I thought the mom could have been funnier. (laughs) I love those roles. Yeah. They could have been throwaway roles, but they were written to have such a like their own weird journey that I really like, especially the father. Mm-hmm. For me, every time I see a production, I forget about the father and then I watch it and I'm like, star, superstar role. Oh God. And then we get this fucking scene with the mother from the Titanic and all these girls talking about <laughs> going to war. And this is where they <laughs> add the Bye Bye Birdie song into the show with all these girls. And let me tell you something. They just sat in the fucking booth the whole time. It was odd. I did love their acting. I thought I watched all these girls and I was so mesmerized by their acting, but it was like, why now? And here. I couldn't believe that they, I mean, and they added like verses and choruses to the song. Like it's usually just a short, like, here we go number to start off the show. And they made it like this whole big thing where they're singing in harmonies and it's like, it slows down. And you're like, what is going on? We never see these girls again. I can't believe they just did not even move from that bed. The booth, they all just sat there the whole time. Yeah, there was very light, like hand choreo, and that was it. I was getting pissed by this point. just thought about so there's a sequel to this i remember one time we talked about that in one of our when we did like the 60s quiz and there's also a sequel to annie yeah annie warbox charles strauss must have been on a total like i'm going to create musical sequels he tried i guess that must have been a thing for him because i can't think of that many examples i mean especially not in that era i might be wrong no how interesting that he he must have been obsessed with that concept wait also we have to do grease 2 next I feel like. Okay, I would love that. Crazy we haven't done Grease 2, right? I was thinking about it the other day. Like, that's such a cult, weird movie that people love. Yeah. I, I, why we haven't done it. Okay, so we get to the train station. Albert's going to meet Bertie. And there is a random sad girl. And this <laughs> is in the play and the movie, in the original movie too. There's like a sad girl. He always tries to cheer up, I believe. She's sad because Conrad's going to war. And he's like, oh, don't be sad. And then he sings Put on a Happy Face to cheer her up. What an iconic number. What a beautiful song. Uh-huh. Okay, so we're in a musical. This is the world we're in. People are singing and doing musical numbers. I hate that after they do this song, everyone claps for them. Like they did a musical number. That is confusing. Nothing <laughs> drives more insane. I put me to any world. I will jump into that world. This is the world we're in. People are doing that. That's great. But you can't just like... Break the rules of the world. Yeah. That's so interesting. You do always pick up on these things because I think you're so obsessed with things being canonically appropriate. 100%. And I didn't realize that, but that is bizarre. Bizarre. It would make sense if it was like the girls singing the Conrad Birdie song, uh, like, we love you, Conrad. And then people clapped because that's in a sense a performance. We know what's happening. That would be different. But this number, it truly makes no sense. They did a whole dance break. Was there no music playing? Was it just them in the train station just doing this to no music? Just slap in their legs and clapping and <laughs> like uh, <laughs> doing the cups number like <laughs> yeah you miss me I <laughs> <laughs> wow, that does bother me now. That's so funny. I didn't pick up on that. And then we get the legend Tyne Daly. Emmy Award winner, Tony Award winner, Amda grad. <laughs> Tim Daly, Wings in private practice. You know him? No. Oh, it's hot. I've actually hot. never seen those shows, which feels, especially private practice feels bad because like, you know, it's Audra. Audra, uh, Tay Diggs. Tay Diggs. Oh, and that's when you get that iconic video of Audra doing shame on you is that correct uh-huh. <laughs> the way your eyes just got big <laughs> also amelia from Grey's anatomy like started on that show first and she got the spinoff after private practice got canceled they brought her on to Grey's. oh oh that's lovely come on job security yeah she, did, yeah she was on private first and she had a baby with no brain oh no <laughs> what a awful. thing to tell me it was awful she still like had to have the baby and like it was very like and then she became a drug addict no because she was on drugs when she got pregnant it was very intense i actually don't want to talk about it uh, <laughs> it's like a downer oh, i don't even no. know why i brought it up okay time <laughs> daily back to time daily um <laughs> like who wants to listen to that i think one of the best 
parts of this whole thing. She's so fucking ridiculous. She obviously is um, a terrible person. She's like racist towards Rose for being Hispanic. And she hates that she's with her son. And, and Albert's a big mama's boy. He definitely is influenced by her. And he tells her that he thinks it's time to shut down the company. She does not take it well. No. I also thought, yeah, she's a rough character in the beginning, but I thought at the end, she comes around. They have a moment, but they don't. No, not in this, at least. I don't know if it changes, but they really like, she's just racist and mean to the end. And, and Rosie's just like, kind of fuck you. I'm Mrs. Peterson now. And that's her last scene, right? No, her last scene is when she tries to lay down on the train tracks. Oh, <laughs> Wait, so do the, does she have a nice moment after that? No, she just okay, ends cool. up on the train with Conrad. <laughs> Albert may love Rose, but I myself love a different flower. And her name? Why, it's Mary Jane. Smoke it up, high flyers. Uh- Birdie arrives. They do the number A Normal American Boy, which is just everybody answering questions for him. Rose and Albert and all the people there to see him and it's just them talking about him going to the army and what a good guy he is. Oh, and then these bitches do the Birdie Pledge of Allegiance, which fucking kills me. It just like points out how insane it is that we do the Pledge of Allegiance. I know. I went to Yankee the other day and they did, uh, we had we stood for the Star Spangled Banner. I kind of can't believe how long that song is too much it's a very long song to stand for <laughs> like when they wrote it i can't believe they weren't like let's just make a quick little like eh. it's too long <laughs> why isn't it just a jingle <laughs> it should be the anthem should be a jingle <laughs> you can't capture how you feel about something in a jingle then it shouldn't even be it a shouldn't song. be it shouldn't be <laughs> hugo's jealous as fuck as i would be yeah, this is not cool to Hugo at all. I would be like, fuck you. Give me my pin back. Yeah. And she sings this song, One Boy, to him, Kim does, to kind of console him, let him know, like, listen, I love Birdie, but he's a public figure and you're my steady guy. So nothing could touch this. And he seems appeased. And let me tell you, I love One Boy. I think it's a pretty song. And I love even more after she sings it, the reprise that happens right after it where Rosie is watching all this and then she has like a slow down version and about Albert and it's gorgeous. And they cut this reprise and added this next song. I don't even know what the song's fucking called. I was so <laughs> angry. One of my favorite moments of the show when Rosie has that little reprise. Such a weird little moment, but I love it. And then they add, is this in the original, this song, Honestly Sincere, that Conrad yeah. sings? Uh-huh. This song, I don't remember ever, but he's great. If you remember, like, I, I feel so annoying. I keep going, hold on. <laughs> he has everyone, they go fucking berserk dancing and they drop to they fucking dance. And then the mothers start dancing and everyone's like ripping their clothes and going nuts and the whole town fucking collapses at the end. And it's just him at the end, all the men trying to pick up their wives. It's usually huge dance number. It's great. It's a great song. That happened. They all were falling. I don't know. It just felt like so much of the same, like, ah, ah, are we asking too much? I don't know. I mean, I, this one didn't bother me as much. I was actually okay with this one, but when you know what it could be. True. Like people were fainting in this, but in the other one, people were going fucking berserk, yeah. like jerking their bodies and twisting and like going insane. And this was just, ah, this person falls, this person falls. I want you to be possessed by the devil. Exactly. That's what it should be. Yeah. Make all the parents worry. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I have that level, like it, where it was so insane. Isn't it so wild that this is how people behaved with all this? Like this is real. This is fandom, fangirling to the extreme. I can't think of anyone that I'd act that way around. There's so many people we love. If I saw Mandy Patinkin in person, I would lose my mind if I was just next to him on the street. But I wouldn't well, be screaming. Like, especially if I saw someone I wanted to fuck. Like if I saw Sean Mendes on the street, like <laughs> I would try to play it cool and like, hey, like I wouldn't be like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like scream and try to like. And even now there's people doing that people who love harry styles and uh, sean mendez like all these people uh, it must be so annoying i'd be like can you stop screaming i hate loud noises so i can't even imagine that kind of lifestyle i would want all my followers to like whisper to me like hi hi baby how are you doing sweetie? yeah i hate loud noises but i get so annoyed when people put their hands over their ears when the subway pulls in i'm like okay yeah like relax 
Take a bus. Like, calm down. Just drama. No, like, relax. Birdie and Albert and Rose stay with Kim's family. So the family is adjusting to all of it. The father is not pleased. He feels disrespected. The women are going crazy trying to make it correct for Conrad. And he's like, listen, like, you're taking my breakfast. Um, I hear these girls singing outside all night. Come on now. This is my house. I'm a man. Why can't they stay in a hotel? Why do they all have to live with this family? Well, Rose and Albert want to, to keep an eye on Conrad, but I don't get why Conrad is. If I was a celebrity and I was doing this, I'd be like, I want a hotel room. Yeah, can I have privacy, please? Sorry, I have to get my Kool-Aid. <laughs> Kool-Aid break. So yeah, the dad's so fucking over it until he hears about Ed Sullivan. I love this. Him for a Sunday evening. And it sounds like a church hymn, but it's all about going to be on the Ed Sullivan show. Yeah, I thought this number was cute. I think they did, you know, made it their own into different than previous versions with him like going outside like he's the king. I think this is so brilliantly written and that's a great moment of it. But here we're going to meet probably my favorite character next because if you know me, you know I love tiny weird characters with full-on names and backstories. So Albert's mom comes to convince Albert not to dissolve the company and she brings with her a new girl she's met on the train or the bus and her name is Gloria Rasputin. And not only does she have the weirdest name in the world, she's kind of like if Janet from Friends and Cha-Cha from Greece had a baby. And not only is she kind of down for anything, but she is a tap dancer who is begging to get into the industry and she puts on a show for him. And it works. This is one of my favorite characters too. I feel like she does more in the musical, right? I feel like they kind of like, I remember the character doing a bunch more. Gloria Rasputin. <sighs> Gloria Rasputin. I fucking love that shit. Do you know what that's serving me? Marjorie Grande from Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure. Yeah. It's very that. And this girl did kill it. Her dance is uncomfortable, but fabulous. Yeah, Albert is into it. Albert basically like fucks off Rose for Gloria Rasputin. I, th this kind of makes me mad though. You ever watch something and you're like, wow, this couple really wants to be together, but this one's kind of a dick. It's like when you're watching Gossip Girl and it's like the 10th time Blair and Chuck broke up and you're like, um, it's just not a good fit, guys. Right. I don't know. I mean, they didn't even just break up. They would like sabotage each other, like destroy <laughs> each other like Steal each other's identities ah, like a lot so rosie is rightfully pissed with all of this so she's like fuck this like i'm doing all this shit for you i came up with this whole idea now you want to fuck gloria rasputin well fuck you and she Rude. tells hugo she gets in hugo's ear and gets him to come to punch Conrad Birdie on camera on the Ed Sullivan show and ruin Albert's big night. Yeah. She's like, fuck with me? I fuck with you. Iconic. I mean, who wouldn't? She's like, I can make you, but I can also break you. And she did. She ruined the whole fucking thing. I love that for her. One Last Kiss is the song that Conrad performs on the Ed Sullivan show. And it's such a good number. This is when I was really feeling for the dad actor from Cheers, as you said, because it's him just loving being on the show. He's dressed like, I don't know. <laughs> old patriot he has like a yeah. tricorn hat on he looks a little bit like captain crunch yeah so after the punch and everything's ruined ruined both girls are pissed and I love this song too. What did I ever see in him? Mm. With the two of them. I think it's a good fun number with the two ladies. Right, right. Uh, After the Ed Sullivan show blows up because the the punch happens and then Birdie's like dead on the floor. Not dead, but you know. And Albert is like, who did this? And Rose is like, it was me. Rose is packing all her shit. This is over. Mm -hmm. She kind of decides to use men. And Kim, getting inspiration from this, decides that, you know, she is now a woman and she wants a man. So they're both having this act to I am ready to take on the world moment. And I get why Rosie's like, fuck you, Albert, but I don't think Kim has the right to be fuck you, Hugo. You were his girlfriend and like you were going to do this and he, I guess punching is like, I don't know. No, I'm right there with you. He shouldn't punch, but at the same time, she's kind of torturing him. Yeah. I mean, I think it's not a great situation, but I don't think the energy is the same as Rosie's yeah. energy. No, 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 no. Rosie has been wronged. But Kim is stupid because Kim is a 16-year-old. We just forget this because she's 30. Right. And then this next chunk, I kind of didn't write anything. It's just kind of everyone like walking through the house, kind of all fighting with each other. It's little scenes of people bumping in and having arguments. It, it was just kind of like... All the kids wanting to go out and live a little bit. Conrad wants to get out and actually experience something before he goes off to the army. Kim wants to go be a woman. Albert wants to find Rose. Um, there is this amazing scene where we get the first of Albert's mother's uh, suicide 
suicide attempts. Oh shit, trigger warning. They're ridiculous. And it's not like she's actually going to do those things. It's like her just being dramatic and manipulating her son. Mm-hmm. And this one is when she puts her head in the oven and God. like does half the scene with her head in there. That's fucking uh-huh. ridiculous. So yeah, everyone's just kind of out for different reasons. Eventually the parents are out because they're like, where the fuck are all the kids? Hugo's out trying to find Kim. Rose is out trying to feel something. Yeah, it's just kind of setting up this night where crazy things going to happen. And that's, um, I've got a lot of living to do, which is lovely. I love that song. But, you know, I'm going to say it. But. They cut out that whole fucking insane dance break. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where they do their do-do-do-do. The little puppet dance, but yeah. they're like, I don't know what that's called. I'm not a dancer. But that dance break is so fucking good. This is like the big 11 o'clock dance I'm ready. They're just walking down the street singing. We really could have used that at this point too. You need it. That's when it's there. That's what they're they're smart when they wrote this show. That's yeah. when you need that big burst of energy. Cause after the after that, we start wrapping things up. And I always feel a lull after intermission. Yeah. Like I need something that makes me like, oh, here we go. Yeah, Kim sneaks out and she seems got a lot of living to do, but there's so much 60s sexual energy in the original movie. And here there's none of that. The whole time they're walking, it's like, oh, I got, we're going to go have fun. Where in the movie that you see them having the fun. That's exactly it. The kids in general in this, because there is not a lot of dancing and there's almost no like synchronized choreographed dancing. There's moments where they're out in the fields after they've done all this walking and they're each kind of improvising or maybe they've been given the choreo. They're all just doing their own thing, kind of frolicking, having fun. It doesn't quite have the same punch of this amazing ensemble doing something together. 100%. There's a big part of the song that it explodes to finish it. And they do this thing where they hear someone coming and they stop and then they start singing in quiet and it never gets to the big climax. Because they just kind of cut it out. There's no orgasms in this. There's no orgasms. And that's kind of what it's about. It's about sex. A lot of it. Yeah. Like there's literally that moment. It's usually a fucking explosion. And they're about to do it. They stop. And then they come back quiet and end the song. It was so fucking weird. The choices they made are so fucking weird. No (laughs) one watched these numbers and was like, oh, maybe they should dance. Like no one thought that. We would direct the horniest version of this. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. If I feel to make up for this, we'd be like, oh, so everyone's actually dry humping. BB, I was just going to say, you really took the words out. We have this, <laughs> you always have to have your hand on somebody. It's interesting as well, because Anne Ranking is such a sexy dancer. And not that that's all she does, but I find her choreo being inspired by Fosse is very sexy. Yeah. I wonder if she was told not to, or... Wait, she did this? She choreographed this whole thing. Because she, Mark Kurdish, who, or Kurdish? I might have said that wrong. Um, who plays Birdie did the tour that starred her and Tommy Toon as Albert and Rose. There's no dance. It's confusing. We have Vanessa Williams has a dance coming up, but that's the only like real dancing in it. And that's probably why it's the best part. Yeah. Also, bitch, every time I see Vanessa Williams dance, I go, holy shit, she's a good dancer. It's like I forget she truly can do everything. Yeah. She's so talented. She's so talented. The McAfee's sing kids. And that's just, again, like the parents... Blah, blah, blah. Sorry, I'm just going to say one thing about it. They go out to find the kids and they dress in like rain slickers. And is that what it's called? Slickers? And like <laughs> uh, something like that. <laughs> but like they look like they're Long John Silver. Like they put on these weird fucking shit to go find the kids in the neighborhood. It's like so. What is it about? I feel like they cut so much shit to make it like realistic. And then like this number happens and all of a sudden everyone's like fucking imbeciles. This is how they dress to go find their kids. Like it's so bizarre. And they also seem to think that they might have to like dredge the lake. So maybe that's why, but it's pretty, it's pretty wild. Yeah. Okay. We can move on from that. <laughs> we get Rose at the local bar. Hugo shows up and is trying to get drunk. He gets kicked out, but Rose comes. She's here for fucking business. She's ordering drinks. She's being kind of rude and snappy with the men, which I love. We get Spanish Rose. She's just so talented. She is easily the most watchable and exciting part of this production, but I also think she was directed better. Uh huh. It is where they let some dance and sexuality come out. She gets a call from Albert at the bar. He wants to reunite with her, and we get what's probably my favorite song, and I always forget this song, and it's so beautiful. My least favorite song of the whole show. I think this is so stunning. It's called Baby Talk to Me, and the bar patrons that she was just dancing with in Spanish Rose, they sing all the back up parts and it's such beautiful oh my god harmonies all together it's so pretty here's what i'm gonna say okay Okay. let's hear it watching it and being in it this chunk in the bar is so long Mm. 
You have her come to the bar. She does Spanish Rose. She does talk to me. Then she does the whole Shriners dance after this. It's so long. And it's three full numbers in this bar scene. That should not be that long. How long do you think it should be? I think she should do the fucking Spanish Rose and the Shriner dance should be one. Actually, yeah. In my brain, I thought the Shriners dance was part of Spanish Rose when I thought back to this. Me too. I couldn't. I was like, oh, after Spanish Rose, I was like, I can't believe this woman did not fucking dance in this song. I wrote down again. <laughs> I'm shocked. Like, I remember the whole dance with all like, I was like, I can't believe they cut that too. And then we did talk to me. And then after that, I was like, oh shit, now we have the dance, this whole fucking dance. It's weird how they talk me stuck in the middle. Yeah. I think it makes more sense for a Spanish Rose Shriners dance to happen and talk to me to be after it or even before. And she rejects it and does. Right. And I can't remember if this is how it is in the show other times it's been done like I can't remember the order but it felt weird this time watching it I was like wow this we're still in this fucking bar that's a good point it's so long to ask time in the bar and the order feels funny I shouldn't take it out on the song the song's not bad I really want to watch the original film now it's been ages I haven't seen it since I was a kid Hugo and Rosie team up at the end of the of her dance can we talk about Shriners yeah 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 go ahead Shriners bitch first of all I love all these euphemisms about weenies I love the word weenie always funny love a weenie I'm a little confused like what is a Shriner I think it's like a like a you know like the Kiwanis club it's like a gentleman's club it's like the Freemasons Yes. Or that's too culty. Yeah, I don't think it's as ritualistic. They all had those tall Middle Eastern hats on. Yeah, that's like a Shriner hat. Oh. And you know, like the Shriner's Hospital for Kids? I just thought that was like someone's last name. Well, now you're making me doubt it. I have no I'm idea. <laughs> These are just things I've assumed forever because I have no fucking clue. Let's look up what a Shriner is. Oh, the ancient Arabic order of the nobles of the mystic shrine. And not ritualistic. I'm like, no, it's just... <laughs> Is an American Masonic society established in 1870 and is headquartered in Tampa, Florida, of all fucking places. Oh, God, girl, don't listen to me. I don't know. Their um, logo is intricate and beautiful, but um, extremely Egyptian. It describes itself as a fraternity based on fun fellowship and the Masonic <laughs> principles of brotherly love, relief, and truth. Fuck yeah, I'm down with that. 200 temples around the world. And that organization founded the Shriners Hospitals for Children. I'm so embarrassed, but on General Hospital, they had a storyline where one of the kids got stuck in a fire and the little boy got all burned and they sent him to the Shriners Hospital to heal. And they were like really pushing the Shriners and they like Shriners like talked at the end. So I knew it was like a thing. So like Shriners Hospital is like a way for them to be philanthropists. But yeah, this is really fucking bizarre. It's like an offshoot of the Freemasons. I don't know about you, but whenever I read about shit like this, I'm always always like something weird is going on there's no way that's not a fucking weird organization maybe you know i read all of dan brown's book so i know all about secrets <laughs> organizations. angels and demons bitch and she code <laughs> <laughs> it's just so strange. I've, I'm glad I know about the Shriners now. This, the more you know. So that's what she's chilling at. She's at Shriners meeting, and that's where she does this Shriners dance that is so fabulous and sexual. And at one part, she's like underneath the table playing with their wieners, and they're loving it. And then they're scared. Then they're screaming like she's biting them off, and she's dragging men up. Being a warrior princess, and they all like are terrified of her. <laughs> I loved it so much. It's so fucking weird. Yeah. If you showed this to anybody out of context, they wouldn't get it. And kind of in context, I don't get it. I love it. Loved it. Wish it was more. This smoke break goes out to all my fellow listeners out there who think Dick Van Dyke is hot as fuck. Don't let anyone take that away from you. Enjoy the smoke break. Albert breaks up with his mother. <laughs> weird way to put that. Well, it, it's very, their relationship is very weird. It's too much. And then she gets this added song. Listen, it's Tom Daly. She's a legend and I love her and I would love, but this was not, this was not a great song and it was very 
very long. It was long. I think she will reprise again later. Like, I think there's a little tag on it, too. Like, it's a long song. It wasn't necessary. They used some of the monologues that she normally does here and turned it into this song. Tyne Daly's, like, the most phenomenal actress ever. Like, give her a fucking monologue. I'll watch it. So the the kids are frolicking about not doing synchronized choreography. And Kim and Conrad end up in the ice house, which is where lovers go to canoodle. And she's so nervous, but she's pretending he's nervous. She's pretending she's had sex before. They eventually get interrupted by the fan club that shows up and harasses and assaults poor Conrad Birdie the victim. Hugo shows up and Kim is so relieved because she didn't really want to have sex with him. She wasn't ready. She was afraid. She loves Hugo. It's like the happy ending for them. It's cute. They're very cute. It is. The parents show up and the kids kind of run out all mad. And then the parents want Birdie to be arrested. So that's why he's kind of on the lamb in the next scene. And then a giant step. It's the unnecessarily added song. This was apparently added for the tour in the 90s that happened right before this. Rose and Albert talking and he's telling her about how he stood up to his mom and he loves Rose. Why are they adding things? Shows are done. That's the show. Do the show. Why are you adding things? Nothing should be added. And then we get another reprise of her song that we, that we like. The mom song? I'm like, oh my God, I knew it came back. <laughs> I was cackling though. Tyne, D- Tyne Daly swims to Rose. Rose is like in the dark next to the water pond or something. And Tyne Daly's like in the water and pokes her head up. Oh, that is so fucking weird. She comes out of the lake like Jason Voorhees. <laughs> it was very fucking strange. It was a weird bit. And she tries to convince Rose to leave Albert. The mom continues to be a racist piece of shit. And then she just trust falls into the water in the end when Rose tells her, I'm Mrs. Peterson. I actually loved this scene. It was so fucking weird. <laughs> it was bizarre. I know she's awful, but I did always laugh when she'd be tell Albert, she's like, tell Rosie I said hi. And he's like, Ma, she's right here. And she goes, <laughs> <laughs> that is oh, funny. And she's gorgeous. That's the best fucking part. Vanessa <laughs> Williams is gorgeous. To have this old woman like, to her. <laughs> so Albert takes Birdie in disguise to the train station so he can leave town without getting arrested. He's dressed like an old woman. And this is where when the mom comes, she's like, Rose, you look all right today. And it's because yeah. Conrad like committed to the bit. Well, that did get me. <laughs> Conrad gives Albert a contract, essentially. He writes his name on a piece of paper, signs it, and says, you know, whatever you want, I'm yours forever. Like, let's work together forever, which is in a way the best thing for Albert because originally he was in debt. He needed to work with Conrad for this reason. He's a big moneymaker and it's so sweet and he's emotional and says, oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, the mom shows up. She's laying on the train tracks ready to die um, while the train is coming because Albert has forsaken her. They pick her up. The mom and Conrad get on the train. Albert leaves them there, but he's going to stay behind. He has a new job lined up very quickly. Very weird that he got this so fast without the internet. He has an English teacher job and he and Rose are just going to like live happily ever after. He proposes... He sings the song Rosie. Mm-hmm. And she looks fucking gorgeous in this Pepto, Pepto-Bism? Is that what it's called? Bismol. Pepto-Bismol. Bismol. <laughs> Pepto-Bism. <laughs> Pepto-Bismol pink dress. She looks fucking gorgeous. Body, yaddy, yaddy. That's how you end the musical. <laughs> Amen to that. It did feel like a lackluster ending in a sense, but at least we ended with Miss Vanessa, who genuinely is a goddess. Yeah. This was fun. I... Loved it. I, you know, I know <laughs> you didn't. I did love it. It just made me want to watch the original. The, the, it's so fucking good. The original is so good. I didn't hate this, but I did kind of hate it. I did get, I wasn't. <laughs> I did kind of hate it. I was pissed about the dancing. I think what we love about all of these musicals, even if they're not the best versions of them, even if they're a little weird, there's something to gain from it. There's amazing performances. There's something to understand about what isn't working for whatever reason, which to me is really fun. Like, I love existing examining these things even if they're not my favorite productions i know you're so positive i feel like i'm so negative no this is just the perspective on the negativity that we both share for this and to be honest that rotten tomatoes shares for this like this was not well reviewed or received i know i wanted to love it too i did not want to go in and be negative like i was really fucking excited for this what was your favorite thing about it my favorite thing about it was probably time daily her performance i would say the performances of time daily and vanessa williams are perfection. I love looking at Mark Kudish. 
His career also is insane. If you look at his fucking Wikipedia, it's just insane production after insane production. He pops up on film and TV. He dated Kristen Chenoweth. Shit. Living the dream with the most fucking chiseled jaw I've ever seen. Right. He's great too. We kind of didn't really talk about him, but he did a great job. I just don't think Birdie actually, or Conrad actually gets a chance to shine. It's so weird. He's just an object. Yeah, you, you don't find anything about him personally. I wonder if in the sequel, that was part of it. Should we look up what the sequel's like? Yeah. Bring Back Birdie, taking place 20 years after Bye Bye Birdie. It Shit. focuses on a scheme for rock and roller Conrad Birdie, who had disappeared after being discharged charged from the U.S. Army to make a comeback on a Grammy Awards broadcast. It featured Cheetah Rivera. The show received negative reviews, closed after four performances and 31 previews. Once upon a time, so long ago, New York City hadn't even been bankrupt once. There lived a young man, Albert Peterson, and his secretary, Rose. His only client, Conrad Birdie, was dropped into the Army. Conrad vanished. The mother was banished. Albert married Rose, became an English teacher. They all lived happily ever after until now. Albert and Rose are burglarizing their old office, looking for the contract that will put them on the trail of Conrad Birdie. He disappeared 18 years ago. Albert's been offered $20,000 if he can get him to perform in the Grammy Awards special. Albert is eager to return to the music business. Rose is unhappy about it. They almost give up. But then Mtobe, a detective, appears and finds the old contract. This is wild. Birdie is in Arizona. The Petersons have a 16-year-old daughter, Jenny, who plans on leaving home. Albert Jr., their son, is a guitarist. Rose reluctantly agrees to help Albert find Conrad and tells the children they'll stay in New Jersey while they're away. There's like all these people trying to get Conrad to come back, spontaneous demonstrations of people who miss him in the public eye. There's like drama with the kids. Wow, no McAfee's. Wait, <laughs> they go to the El Coyote Club, a Western saloon, a site of Conrad's last gig. The bartender turns out to be Mae Peterson, Albert's long last mother. <laughs> <laughs> Why would that be so? <laughs> There's the mayor comes in. Oh, they find Conrad. Oh, Conrad is the mayor. They meet the mayor and he's like, I don't remember Conrad. It's Conrad. Wait, so the mother is a bartender in the town where Conrad's the mayor? Yeah. Then all these kids boo him off stage because they want punk music. Conrad runs out. The kids go missing. Oh, shit. The first act ends with Albert in deep trouble and without Rose to help him get out of it. You haven't got to act two? This is act two now. Albert realizes the mess he's in. He signed a contract to deliver Conrad, who's run away. He's being sued left and right. May appears with a tall, beautiful woman. And, and so she kind of tries to find her another uh, Rasputin chick. Oh my gosh, you don't give up. I know, it's been like 20 years. Oh my God, Albert rationalizing that Rose is gone starts to fall for Rose number two, they call her. <laughs> They're not even divorced. At the compound of a reverend, a group of spaced out acolytes chant and sing inner peace. Rose goes there to rescue Jenny, her daughter, who apparently has like joined this cult. Is this a nod to the Shriners? Rose too has faked the death of Conrad, <laughs> but he wants to visit his own funeral pageant. Pageant. This is all real. Albert's in love with Rose too, smitten. Rose one shows back up and is like, fuck this. Rose one. I hate this. <laughs> all the kids show up. They're like, when will the grownups grow up? Albert realizes he's made a mistake. He runs back to original Rose. <laughs> After his funeral, Conrad Birdie started a press conference because he wants to let people see him again. Why'd you fake your death, man? I don't get what's happening yeah. at all. May steps in and saves the Grammy performance with her own performance. Albert gets his $20,000. And so then- offered Albert $20,000 to get Birdie on the Grammys. And he can't get Birdie, but May Peterson comes out instead. And they like her performance. So they're like, here's the 20,000 because you gave us such a great performer in May Peterson, who has to be <laughs> in her 80s at this point, right? Maybe Wait. Okay. <laughs> May apparently has an alter ego called Dolores Zeppel, who was the, the fuck up. <laughs> who was the toast of the twenties. She was a singer in the twenties. She she reveals she was always a performer. And then afterwards, the original Rose goes Zeppel, unusual name. And May replies Hungarian, I think. Rose says spelled backwards, it's Lopez. May, you're Spanish. May trapped admits it. <gasps> What? Closet Spaniard. <laughs> so, so it's about internalized racism. Wow. I can't believe it. And then they sing Rosie again and it's over. What the fuck? 
fuck? That sounds awful. We thought this production was weird. Any production of that is weird. Wow. Yeah, that's not savable. Not even hearing the music. That story is awful. This story has everything. Cults. Second roses. (laughs) (laughs) Internalized Spanish racism. (laughs) Secret mayors. Oh, Moms who became bartenders. The Grammys. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? It's like they played a game where they like picked a bunch of words from a ball and had to put them all into a storyline. Oh, this was just like musical improv that got, it went too far. Can I just make an announcement? Yes. In this moment, I just received a text from past guest Trey Compton. Oh. Our tickets to see Bad Cinderella (gasps) on Wednesday. Are you so excited? I'm so excited. I'm so sad it's closing. We will always have recorded when Joe Biden won the presidency. <laughs> and I always have recorded the day I got the tickets to Bad Cinderella. I'm so happy we documented this important part of history. History making this podcast. Call me the history channel because this is history. <laughs> Call me maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, listen, what what an experience. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was awful sometimes. I learned a lot, like about the Shriners. I learned a lot about birds that had nothing to do with (laughs) birdie. I love that. That's important information. Birds are everywhere. They're all around us. We have to get to know them. Right. Mm. If I had one thing I could say to Mae Peterson, it would be like, just keep chilling. Need to chill out, girl. (laughs) (laughs) We love you. High Flying Adored is hosted by us, Mikey and Grace. It's produced by us, Grace and Mikey. Special thanks to Andy Mowat for our kick-ass theme song. Please rate and review us on whatever platform you're streaming this on. While you're at it, please follow our Instagram, High Flying Adored. That's flying with no G. Email us at highflyingadoredpodcast at gmail.com. We love you. We love you. Thanks for listening. We love you.